Thank you, Dev, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, my name is Sumana Chintalapudi, and I'm a field application scientist with the Kaijin Digital Insights team. And today we are going to look into some strategies around how to utilize IPA to study organoids or 3D culture models uh, for your research. So hopefully this will be a good introduction to IPA's functionalities and those of you who are existing users of the software, uh, hopefully you'll learn new features that you perhaps were not aware of. So this is just a legal disclaimer. Uh, the products we are going to show you today are intended for molecular biology applications only and not for diagnosis, prevention or treatment of a disease. So uh, let's uh, briefly go through today's agenda. So the first topic we will cover today is uh, the core functionalities of IPA, where we will go over how we can utilize IPA when you have some kind of omic data uh, as a starting point when it comes to your 3D culture or your organoid models. And we will see how we can evaluate uh, such organoids um, and we will identify key biological pathways, uh, get a full regulatory picture uh, of uh, the omic data. In the second half, uh, we will look at some of our newer features um, where we will utilize uh, existing information available in IPA that's coming from pre-processed public data sets. So these uh, features will help us validate our findings further uh, using the public data. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with IPA, I just wanted to give a brief overview so IPA is a powerful tool uh, that can be utilized to perform analysis or interpretation of any type of omic data that you're working with. So it allows you to investigate biological mechanisms of action that underlie a disease pathology or a drug, drug treatment. Uh, with IPA, you can also identify biomarkers or key regulators um, that are associated with your omic data. You can also compare multiple data sets side by side to observe if there are any similarities or differences uh, within those data sets. In addition to that, um, you can also investigate how a gene or a disease, uh, they interact with each other by creating custom networks from scratch. And all of this is possible because IPA is driven by its powerful knowledge base that has over 8 million literature-based data points that we have curated over several decades. And this allows IPA to predict directionality and causality for any type of omic data. And using IPA, you can then generate all these different graphs and networks. So IPA is a very popular choice for a lot of researchers who analyze, integrate, and interpret the omic data that are derived from 3D culture or organoids or spheroid models. Uh, what I did was I have gone through some of these recent studies and pulled up some examples in which IPA was cited as a tool that helped uh, them uncover the significance of their uh, gene expression data, uh, discover pathways, uh, new targets within the context of 3D culture systems. So one example here is a study related to organoids, where the researchers, they performed RNA-seq analysis to gain mechanistic insights into inductive uh, signals of heart fields. And they performed ingenuity pathway analysis on the genes that were differentially upregulated 
in two different heart fields the first heart field and then the second heart field so interestingly they identified high activity of actin cytoskeleton and paxillin pathway signaling uh, in uh, first heart field which reflects the presence of uh, structural genes uh, within their data set Another example uh, of a publication that cited IPA. Uh, so here, um, the researchers, they compared uh, their 2D and 3D culture systems to screen for drug responses. So the researchers, they were able to identify the most uh, significantly altered upstream regulator in their 3D culture uh, when compared to their 2D culture using IPA. So this is a upstream regulator network for HER2 that was identified. Also, uh, interferon pathway uh, changed the most uh, in 3D culture uh, compared to 2D uh, using ingenuity pathway analysis. So essentially, the examples we have looked at so far, uh, they have been generated using IPA and were published in reputed journals. So uh, today um, we are going to work with a case study uh, from this published paper where the researchers, uh, they generated patient-derived iPSE um, organoids to model for Alzheimer's disease. And they specifically performed RNA-seq analysis comparing their gene-edited uh, iPSE-derived organoids uh, with their controls. And in this scenario, uh, we are interested in characterizing and validating uh, the iPSC-derived organoid model uh, that was generated for Alzheimer's disease. And then we want to identify the changes that occur uh, within this disease condition. So this can provide important information to evaluate and validate uh, your iPSC-derived organoids for Alzheimer's disease. And then a verified model like this can be used for target identification, uh, drug screening, or even toxicology. Now, since our goal here is to validate the patient-derived Alzheimer's disease organoid model, uh, we can easily do that uh, by looking at the canonical pathways information from this organoid data. So here, uh, what we have is our canonical pathways feature, uh, where we can see we have lots of different pathways that are listed in the form of a bar chart. And here we can clearly see there are a lot of Alzheimer's-related disease pathways. For example, neuroinflammation, uh, TREM1 signaling, and there are a lot of other immunological uh, inflammation-related pathways uh, that are enriched uh, within this organoid data set. So this gives us an overall picture of the molecular mechanisms uh, occurring in the organoid model. And we can easily visualize a specific pathway of our interest uh, looking at those uh, uh, canonical pathways feature. So for example, uh, this is our neuroinflammation pathway. When you open it uh, in IPA, you can see the pathway diagram like this. And you can see there are different colored nodes here, which will allow you to determine that there is increased neuronal damage. There is increased oxidative stress, increased astrogliosis, increased uh, amyloid beta generation. Uh, 
which are all uh, hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease. And we were able to predict this just by looking at the orange colored nodes uh, for these functions. Now, another interesting way to validate uh, your organoid model is to utilize the diseases and function feature. And by utilizing this tool, we can determine based on the pattern of expression within our organoid model data set, uh, how some of the diseases and functional ontologies, uh, they behave in this data. So in our uh, Alzheimer's disease organoids, uh, we can see there is increased cellular movement, increased immune cell trafficking, increased cell-to-cell -cell, uh, signaling, et cetera. Uh, just by looking at the sheer number of uh, orange colored boxes uh, within the heat map. So from this, uh, we can infer that uh, Alzheimer's organoid model shows similar diseases and function uh, signatures uh, that are found in Alzheimer's patients. So let's uh, see how we can generate some of these results uh, using IPA. So when we open up IPA on our computer, this is what the lay of the land looks like. And you can start any of your expression analysis uh, using this create new button. And you can simply click on core analysis and upload your data and run the analysis within IPA. Once your data is analyzed, it will be stored under this project manager window uh, under a specific folder. And you can find your analysis uh, ready uh, to be interpreted. So if you just double click on the analysis, this is going to open up this expression analysis page for you. So we are going to look at our differential expression for uh, Alzheimer's disease organoid versus control. So since our goal uh, here is to validate the patient derived uh, organoid model, uh, we can easily do that by looking at this canonical pathways tab. And once you click on it, you're going to find this uh, bar chart where on the x-axis, we have the list of all the pathways that are enriched. And on the y-axis, we have the p-value. So the taller the bars, the more enriched these pathways are uh, in your uh, data set. Now over here, uh, we can see very clearly, uh, there are a lot of pathways uh, that are related to uh, Alzheimer's disease. So we have neuroinflammation, uh, TREM1 signaling, uh, we have complement system, and a lot of other in, uh, inflammation-related signaling pathways uh, that are activated uh, in this uh, data set. So just by looking at the color of the bars, uh, we can see that all these orange colored bars means uh, these pathways were activated uh, in our data set. And let's say we are interested in this neuroinflammation pathway. You can simply click on this bar and this is going to open up this table down below for you, uh, giving you the details about this pathway. You can see that a lot of our genes are part of this pathway. Um, and it has a very high positive Z-score of 3.7, which means that uh, whenever you see a positive Z-score, uh, which is a statistic that IPA uses to make its prediction, you'll see these pathways will be colored orange and they will be predicted to be activated.
Now, let's say you're interested in uh, looking at opening up this particular uh, neuroinflammation pathway. And we can do that by clicking on this open pathway button. And once we click on that button, it's going to open up the pathway for us. So what we have over here is our neuroinflammation pathway. And if we use a scroll button on your mouse, you can zoom in into this pathway, or you can use these navigation buttons to zoom in and out. Now, in this pathway, you can see uh, there are different colored nodes uh, that are present. So whenever you see a shade of red colored node, it means this gene was upregulated in our data set. Uh, it had a positive fold change value. Whenever we see this orange, uh, this uh, green color uh, node, it means uh, this gene was downregulated in our data set with a negative fold change value. When we see these gray colored nodes, uh, these genes, uh, they are part of our data set, but they did not meet the criteria of the fold change or the p-values uh, that were initially set up uh, for the analysis. And in case you see a white colored node, it means that these genes were not expressed in our data set. It was just part of this pathway. Now from here, um, as a user, uh, you want to uh, determine how some of these genes, uh, they're influencing the neighboring genes or some of the functions that we see over here, such as uh, neuronal damage, oxidative stress, how some of the gene expression pattern in our data set is influencing these functions. So to make this prediction with an IP, we can simply click on this overlay button. And within overlay, we can select this map feature. And within the map feature, we can simply click on start prediction. So here, when we click on uh, start prediction, you can see we have these orange and blue colors uh, within the pathway. And if we switch off, we lose the prediction. If we switch on, we can see the predictions. Now, the way to interpret uh, this information is by looking at the different colors uh, that are present in the pathway. So whenever we see, for example, this gene here, CASP, uh, gene is shown in red colored node. It is up when it is up in our data set. It leads to activation of IL-1 beta, which is shown in orange color. This leads to increased A beta uh, amyloid generation. It leads to increased astrogliosis, and it also leads to increased neuronal damage when CASP gene was up in our data set. So from here, we can then infer that there is increased neuronal damage, increased oxidative stress, increased astrogliosis, increased amyloid generation, uh, increased blood-brain barrier uh, within our organoid model, which is similar to the signatures found in Alzheimer's patients. So this is one way you can easily validate 
uh, your model, whether it's an organoid model, it's a cell culture model, mouse model, any type of models that you might be working with, just by identifying uh, the key pathways that are enriched and finding how some of these uh, pathways behave uh, within your data set. Now, if you're interested in exporting this uh, image, you can easily use our export buttons and save the images on your computer. So with the raise of hands, uh, how many of you would find this feature useful for validating your own models? So we have a raise hands button at the bottom of the Zoom screen. I see a lot of uh, hands are slowly being raised. I'm glad that you guys found this useful. Um, a lot of our users utilize the canonical pathways feature to find the biological, all the pathways that are enriched and whether they are activated just by looking at these orange colors. And the blue colored bars will be your inhibited pathways in your data set. Now, another way we can validate our uh, organoid model is by looking at this diseases and functions tab. So the diseases and functions feature uh, will allow you to easily determine based on the pattern of expression you have in the uh, in your data set, how some of the diseases and functional categories or ontologies are behaving. So when you click on this tab, uh, essentially what we will get is this heat map uh, where each box represents a disease or a functional category and its size uh, based on the negative log of the p-value. In other words, the, the bigger the box, the more significant that particular function or disease category is. So here in our organoid model, we can see there is increased immune cell trafficking because these boxes are shown in orange color. We have increased cellular movement. There is increased inflammatory response, increased cell-cell interaction. So a lot of these uh, diseases and functions uh, related to Alzheimer's disease are activated uh, within the diseases and functions feature. And each box uh, that we see within uh, this heat map is again listed in a form of a table. So here, for example, we have cellular movement for migration of cells. It is highly significant based on the p-value where we can see that this particular function for migration of cells is, uh, is activated just by looking at the z-score value. So here we have 5.4 uh, z-score value. And you can see that over 328 genes from your data set was part of migration of cells. So this will allow you to determine which genes in your data set uh, are part of some of these functions or uh, diseases that you might be interested in. You can click on any of the boxes and this will take you uh, deeper into the hierarchy and the table down below will also get updated and you can keep clicking on the boxes until you reach the final uh, stage of this uh, hierarchy within the heat map. And if you're interested in displaying any of this information uh, as a network, uh, you can simply click 
on the row and then click on display as network. So you can visualize this information as a network as well. So now, um, before I move uh, into uh, the next topic, are there any questions we wanted to address? Uh, yes, there are. And what we'll also do is we will take this opportunity to ask users some questions, right? Like, so for example, are you happy with the pace of the training? You want us to go faster, slower, and also about your subject area. So in future, you know, we can generate even more relevant case studies that are more specific to your subject area. So I'm launching that poll right now. And again, we would really appreciate your feedback. In terms of questions, you know, you started with canonical pathways, right, Sumana? And one user asked the question that, okay, when we are looking at the XY axis, you know, is there a way to flip the XY axis? Yes. So if you look at some of these uh, tools that are uh, available, you can uh, click on this uh, horizontal. So this is going to uh, change the access for you. Uh, so there are def definitely different options that are available to visualize the information uh, in different ways. Okay. Awesome. And then there was another question. Is there any single cell RNA-seq data based on this organoid model? So uh, in this, uh, the, this, uh, this particular uh, Alzheimer's disease model was based on the organoids, but if you wish to find a single cell related organoid information coming from public data sets, you can use the search button uh, within this project manager window. And then you can search, uh, let's say organoid as a keyword. Organoid. And you can click search and you're going to find a list of all the public um, data sets and analyses that we have within IPA. And you can find uh, different types of organoid related uh, data sets. And some of them might be coming from some single cell related studies as well. Okay, awesome. Um, uh, and then to our attendees, if you run into problem finding specific data set that you're looking for, right? Keep in mind with IPS license, you always have access to our support. So you can always bug our support and you can ask them questions about like, hey, I'm looking for this data. Is it in your database? And if for some reason it's not, then you can always request that data to be curated. So that's another great thing about Kaijin software where based on the user feedback, uh, our team has curated, curated, curated like tons and tons of new data. Uh, to those who are asking questions, thank you so much. To those who may want to ask questions, Q&A box is at the bottom of the screen. One more question would be, uh, a lot of people voted that they have done things like core analysis in IPA, so they seem to have some level of familiarity with IPA. But there were also a good number of people who uh, voted that they have no or negligible experience with IPA. So you covered this a little bit, Samana, but can you tell these people a little bit about IPA's knowledge base and how frequently it's updated and such? Right. So uh, IPS knowledge base uh, consists of literature-based uh, information where we have curated each and every relationship that you see within your pathway. They are backed by literature information. And this has been curated uh, manually by our curators who go through papers. And this uh, uh, literature curation uh, database is uh, updated on weekly basis. So if you have any type of uh, papers, or publications that you want to see within IPA, you can always send us uh, suggestions linked to the papers and they will get curated and added to our uh, uh, 
to our repository. Apart from that, all the public uh, data sets, uh, this, uh, the ones that I just showed you how to search for a public data set, those, uh, 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 those curations are done on a quarterly basis. So any new analysis, any new data set uh, uh, analysis is uh, updated on quarterly basis. All right, and to help out these new users, uh, if you're interested in like, you know, trainings like how to upload the data, what can you get out of the analysis? I have pasted some links in the chat box, so feel free to check it out. And we'll be also conducting this training again in December. So if you're interested, feel free to attend that as well. And there's also email to support and our licensing team at the bottom. So those can be also useful resources. So uh, to our attendees, please submit more questions through Q&A box at the bottom of the screen. With this, I'm going to pass it back to you, Sumana, as you have more topics that you are going to cover. Yes, thanks, Deb. So from here, um, we looked at our canonical pathways that were enriched, uh, which diseases and functions were uh, enriched in our organoid model. So from here, I want to switch, switch gears and talk about one of our uh, newer features in IPA, where we can utilize pre-processed public data to validate our findings uh, from this organoid model further. So before uh, this feature was introduced in IPA, many of our users uh, like you were interested in comparing the biological signatures uh, that were there in their own data. They wanted to compare them with public data sets coming from sources like GEO, SRA, TCGA, et cetera. And their goal was to validate their own findings. Uh, they were interested in identifying new targets, biomarkers by comparing their data with public data. So to perform uh, such analysis uh, on your own, a user had to download the data, QC it, map it, generate differential expression data, and then they were able to compare their data with public data. You can imagine uh, how, so how long and tedious this process would look like if we had to do for hundreds and thousands of uh, public data sets that's out there. So with the analysis match feature, uh, you can now compare your analysis with over 100,000 comparisons uh, from pre-processed publicly available data sets within IPA. So this feature uh, can help you then identify other analyses uh, that are similar or opposite to your own analysis. You can find unexpected uh, insights into biological mechanisms that are shared between these different studies. Uh, you can find new targets for potential therapeutics. You can repurpose a drug and much more. These are all different applications uh, that you can uh, apply using the analysis match feature. But in our case today, we want to validate our organoid model using these public data sets. So within uh, the analysis match feature, we are going to look at four different biological signatures that we will be comparing uh, between our data and public data. So the first one will be the canonical pathway signatures. Uh, so canonical pathways, they allow you to discover molecular mechanisms, uh, whether they are activated or inhibited. Your upstream uh, regulators, uh, they will allow you to identify target genes uh, within your data set. Uh, the causal networks allows you to identify master upstream regulator. 
And the diseases and functions uh, feature will, uh, again, examine how the genes in your data set are affecting known uh, diseases or functions. So the output for the analysis match feature is a table. Uh, this table will list the most matching or anti-matching public studies uh, when you compare your data with public data. And here uh, we can see uh, that uh, the first few columns are giving you information uh, about these public data sets. The last few columns are going to give you information about uh, these biological signatures we just looked at. And the numbers within uh, the last few columns are going to give you the scores, how well your data is matching with uh, the public uh, analyses. And here, uh, from this table, we can see that there are a lot of uh, public studies related to Alzheimer's disease uh, that have a very high positive match with our data set. So this allows you to infer that uh, the signatures, the biological, the pathways, the regulators, uh, uh, diseases and function signatures that we see in our data set are very similar to other Alzheimer's related studies coming from mouse or human uh, uh, public studies. Another way you can uh, validate your organoid model is by looking at the single cell related studies uh, that are available within IPA's repository. So using the same table, you can simply filter for the right type of projects. So here I have filtered for single cell related projects. And you can see that some of these um, single cell related studies are coming from brain related tissues. So we have studies coming from cortex, brain, eye, spinal cord, hippocampus, um, uh, brainstem, et cetera. So these are all different single cell related studies that have a very high matching score when we compare our data with this single cell related public data sets. So this is another way we are validating uh, that our Alzheimer's disease organoid model shows brain tissue related characteristics. So let's see how we can access this information uh, within IPA. So let's go back to our expression analysis. So if you guys remember, we went through canonical pathways, identified key pathways. We also identified key diseases and functions. Now to compare our data with public data, we can click on this analysis match tab, which is at the very end. And when you click on it, you can see the results will be shown as a big table. And here, at the very bottom, you can see right now we are comparing over 84,000 public analyses uh, with our Alzheimer's disease organoid model. Now here uh, in the first few columns, we are going to find information relevant to these public studies that have a very high match with our data set. So in the first column, we have the name of the analysis, Second column is telling you uh, if these projects were coming from mouse, human, uh, oncology related data, et cetera. This column is telling you the name of the disease for that uh, particular public study, the tissue information, what type of comparisons were being performed in these public analyses, 
these are uh, this column is going to give you the details about the type of comparison and over here we are going to find the scores that will allow us to identify if these public analyses have a very high positive match or an anti-match uh, between our data and public data. So these scores, they run from a positive 100 being a perfect match to a negative 100, which is a completely opposite match when it comes to these biological signatures. So CP is your canonical pathways coming from here. UR is upstream regulators, which are going to be com uh, come from this tab. CN is causal networks. That information is also going to come from this upstream analysis tab. DE is disease enrichment. It's going to come from here. And the last column is going to give you the average of all these scores that we have in the four columns. So our goal here is to uh, identify if there are other public data sets related to Alzheimer's disease, where we see shared uh, pathway signatures, shared regulator signatures, uh, function signatures, and so on. And we can easily identify that information by simply sorting for the right type of information in the columns. So let's start with this project column. If you click on this funnel icon, you're going to find uh, lots of different options that you can select from. So here uh, we have the list under Omicsoft, we have the list of all the public uh, collections that we have. So Oncoland collection is going to give you a list of oncology related studies. The disease land is going to give you all the information coming from non-oncology related studies. So these will include human, mouse and rat diseases. We also have single cell land collection. So these will contain all your single cell related studies. And finally, we have normal tissue expression information as well. So let's select for disease land because our goal is to identify if there are any other neurological or Alzheimer's related diseases, uh, signatures that match with our data. We can select that and click apply. So here, let's take a look at some of these studies that are written. So here we can see some of the top studies uh, that match with our data is related to Alzheimer's. You see this, these are all Alzheimer's related studies that show a very high match. So if I just simply click on these rows, you can see the Z-score values and the last column. They're all uh, close to 70% match. So these are all the public analyses uh, which, make, uh, which will allow you to feel confident about your own results. So this will allow you to validate um, that the signatures that you see in your organoid model, uh, we also see a lot of them in some mouse-related and some human-related public data sets. Now, similarly, uh, we can uh, modify and filter this table for single cell related studies. So if you go back to your projects and click on the funnel icon, instead of uh, disease land, we can click on this single cell land as an option. 
So we are going to filter only for all the single cell related studies and click apply. And this is going to filter the table for you um, to show you a lot of public data sets from single cell studies that come from some brain eye uh, related uh, signatures. So these are some of the uh, studies that I can see uh, just like very quickly. So these are all single cell related signatures that show some kind of uh, brain uh, related uh, expression information. And you can easily just select some of these rows that you are interested in looking at, and then you can click on this view as a heat map. So this heat map option will allow you to compare your organoid model directly with some of these single cell studies where they have some brain tissue related signatures. And once you do that, this is going to generate a heat map for you. So here, we, what we have is a heat map where the first column is your own data set. This was our uh, organoid uh, model data set. And in the subsequent columns, we are comparing uh, signatures coming from those public studies coming from single cell data. And here, uh, you can simply click on any of the colored boxes to visualize how some of, uh, some of these regulators, how some of these causal networks look like, some of the regulatory networks look like, or some of the functions or pathways that are common or shared between our organoid model and uh, some of these public data sets. So you can then easily utilize this information uh, and share it with your colleagues uh, very easily by using the export buttons uh, that are available. So with the raise of hands, how many of you would find uh, this uh, analysis match feature uh, useful for your research where you can use public pre-processed public data sets uh, to compare your own data with public data? So we have the raise hands button at the bottom of the Zoom screen. Thank you. I see a lot of hands are being raised. So all these uh, comparison between public data and your own data will be available in the analysis match tab. A lot of our pharma users uh, utilize this feature to not only validate their own uh, disease models, uh, they also utilize this for drug repurposing, uh, for identifying new targets, uh, new um, uh, disease indications that they want to explore further. Now from here, uh, let's move on uh, to our next topic. So now that we have a validated model uh, for Alzheimer's disease, um, we did this validation using canonical pathways, uh, our diseases and functions, and then using analysis match feature. The next question you might be interested in finding is which key regulators are driving Alzheimer's disease in this organoid model. And for that, uh, we can utilize another feature that, which is called upstream regulator function within IPA. 
So what we have over here is TLR4, um, which is a key component of innate uh, immune system. And based on literature, it's known to be associated with Alzheimer's disease risk. And targeting TLR4 has shown to improve uh, learning and memory dysfunction. So using the upstream analysis function, we can identify TLR4 uh, as an upstream regulator. And we can see that uh, TLR4 was targeting all these other genes from our organoid data set. And we can clearly see that when TLR4 is activated, it leads to increased inflammation of central nervous system. It also increases, uh, there is increased uh, cellular movement of myeloid cells. So let's see how we can uh, identify and find key regulators from this organoid data set. So let's jump back to our software. And to identify key regulators uh, within IPA, we can utilize this upstream analysis tab. So when you click on this tab, uh, the results uh, for this uh, feature will be shown as a table. There, uh, each upstream regulator is listed as a row. And these upstream regulators can be uh, transcription factors, microRNAs, enzymes, or even drugs uh, or chemicals. And here you can clearly see which regulators uh, were identified from our data set by looking at this expression log ratio values. So here you can see uh, some of these regulators have expression values because these were identified from our data set. Some of these regulators uh, were also identified um, based on IPS knowledge base, uh, which were not part of our data set. You can easily sort this table for a type of molecule that you might be interested in by just simply clicking on this funnel icon. And you can uh, sort this only to show uh, which regulators, act, uh, which genes or proteins access regulators or drugs or chemicals, or even a type of regulator that you might be interested in by selecting from this list below. So here we have cytokines, enzymes, G-protein coupled receptors, growth factors. And here, for example, uh, we have transmembrane receptor as an example as well. So you can simply select this option, click apply. And this is going to sort this table for you to list only transmembrane receptors uh, that are acting as upstream regulators. And from these regulators, you can identify which uh, regulators are predicted to be activated looking at the Z-scores. If you have positive Z-scores of two and above, uh, these regulators are predicted to be activated. If you have a negative uh, minus two or below um, as a Z-score, these will be your uh, regulators that are inhibited within your data set. Here we have uh, the p-value of overlap, which is telling you how significant these regulators are. And here we have the list of all the target genes uh, that are being targeted by a specific regulator. So if I click on this row, here we can see we have TLR4. 
it is uh, significantly up uh, in our data set with a positive expression log ratio value. It is predicted to be activated with uh, a very high uh, positive z-score. It is highly significant just by looking at the p-value. And it is targeting 48 other genes uh, that are in our data set. And to display this regulator as a network, you can just select the row and click on display as network. Once we do this, uh, this is going to open up uh, this uh, network for you, where we can see that TLR4 is shown uh, in orange color sitting in the center. So this is our upstream regulator, uh, which is activated, shown in orange color. And it is targeting these 48 other genes that are part of our data set, where we have the shades of red colors where these genes were up in our data set. The shades of green color tells you these genes were down regulated in our data set. So uh, you can easily, again, export this image uh, for this regulatory network by using these export options. And one of the main applications for upstream analysis feature is to identify robust candidate genes uh, for testing for different uh, therapeutic uh, uh, targets. Now, since we are interested in this TLR phone network, the next question you may be asking uh, is, if this uh, network uh, pattern exists in other Alzheimer's disease-related datasets. So to perform uh, such uh, queries uh, within IPA, our team has introduced this new feature, which is called the pattern search. Now, before we go into this uh, feature, uh, Dev, I just wanted to give a, a quick uh, check if you wanted to address any questions we have so far. Yeah, as a matter of fact, a lot of questions have been coming in. And again, I'll take this opportunity to ask our users some questions as well in terms of like, you know, if you're finding things useful and also like in terms of further training, you know, what are the needs? So uh, Sumana, a lot of relevant questions uh, have come. Can you go back to analysis match table? So maybe we can um, go through some of these questions. All right. So one of the earlier questions I can think of is, you know, this is where a user, you know, is uh, letting us know about the concern that sometimes, you know, there's some confusion in terms of what exactly the treatment was and what exactly the metadata was for different comparisons that are listed in the table. So is there any way user can A, get the further description of what is being compared to what and then if user wanted to add more metadata to this table to understand this further, is there an option to do that? So one of the best ways um, that you can find more metadata information is, uh, I, I can say two ways. So one is you can use this customized table and you can add a lot more metadata information. Let's say you want some cell marker information, cell type information, uh, cell cluster or uh, some kind of drug treatment, response time, you can add all these uh, uh, metadata information uh, in a form of uh, columns that we already have for some of these. Another way would be um, to simply uh, double click, uh, just click on the hyperlink for the name 
so for example, if I click on this for epilepsy, this is going to open up the core analysis for this public uh, data set. And in the summary page and within experiment metadata, you'll find just detailed information about this particular public project. So you can find what they were comparing, uh, the, the project name, uh, the link to the paper, et cetera. Right, and I would specifically emphasize on that link to the paper, right? So typically the comparison contrast column, which is even available over here, should give you sufficient information to uh, see what type of comparison it is, especially if you're familiar with the data and metadata that are coming from uh, public domain. But then if that doesn't answer, then as very, uh, Sumana very nicely showed, like you click on the link, hyperlink, and then you click on the geo link to further study this. And uh, I answered to this user, but if you guys have like more suggestion in terms of how we can make this table simpler for you, how we can make it even user more even more user friendly. Feel free to reach out to us, and best uh, person to reach out would be our support team. So what I'll do is I'll just copy and paste the email again in the chat box. So if you have any specific suggestion, or even you know when you're analyzing your own data and you run into any trouble, these would be a good set of scientists to um, contact. So another question that came in, and I, I do believe that you briefly touched on this, is. In your use case, you focus more on similarities, right? Like, you know, how the current analysis that you're looking at is similar to other analysis that you're seeing on the screen. What if a person wanted to find anti-matching analysis, right? Like you know, analysis that are drastically different than the analysis that you're looking at right now. Right, so to find the most anti-matching analyses, they will be basically listed at the very end of this table. So there are 19 pages to this table and you can simply browse through that and find the most anti-matching. The other way is uh, you can set up some Z-score cutoffs. So if I, for example, uh, write a very high number here, like 65 as my cutoff and click apply, uh, I might find some uh, most anti-matching studies as well here. So the blue colored uh, boxes here tells you the negative z-scores. Uh, so the higher the absolute value for these numbers, the, the more anti-matching they will be to your own data set. All right, awesome. And then another user asked a very relevant question to what you just covered, right? Which are the scores. So is there a page that describes like how the scores are calculated and such? Yes, yeah, so the best way and the fastest way would be to click on these video icon or this question mark button. The question mark button is going to take you to our uh, help page. So this is going to talk about the analysis match results, how some of these uh, Z-scores are um, uh, calculated and how to interpret some of this data. So all this information is in our help page. And the user, I'm so sorry. Can you go back to the page just for a second? Yeah. Um, so uh, the, there we go. Yeah, so the user was specifically asking for formula. So you can kind of see the formula is also listed right up here. Okay, so that's great. Um, then some other questions that came up that were a bit more of basic questions. And I, I really thank this users who probably are new users to IPA and asking these questions, right? So say if a person is new to IPA and they want to 
take advantage of analysis match in best ways possible, and they're uploading their data, what type of information would you suggest this users to upload? Just gene list or also gene list with full change p-value, et cetera? So I think the best way would be to uh, upload a gene list with some sort of uh, full change values or p-values, because if you have some sort of directionality in your data, that will allow you to uh, essentially find these matches and anti-matches, which are typically uh, generated by calculating the z-scores within IPA. So all the pathway signatures, upstream analysis uh, signatures or like diseases and function signatures, it are all calculated using z-scores, which is what we usually find here in the last column. So that's my suggestion. If you have some values, uh, that will be much better. Right, so I mean, I guess the basic idea, as you mentioned, is upload as much as you can, like gene list, full change, p-value, if uh, possible. And then uh, on that note, related question, um, is there any cutoff that we recommend, you know, for full change p-value when user is uploading such data to better utilize analysis match? So when we run, uh, when you are uploading and running the analysis for the first time using this core analysis button, uh, the, the best way to use those cutoff values for full change values and p-values is to get uh, your final gene list uh, somewhere between few hundred genes to a maximum of 8,000 genes. So if you are within that range, uh, uh, that's uh, essentially a, a good uh, a starting point for the analysis. Right. So basically the gene list should be anywhere between like 200 to 2,000 and we, always high, highly recommend users that they filter at least on p-value, if not both p-value and uh, full change. Um, so last question is, a person has uh, genome-wide expression data and it's coming from unknown human tissue. Is there a way they can use IPA to infer what tissue it is, what cell type it is, et cetera? So I think just using the TPM value uh, is not, uh, correct me if, my, if I'm wrong, Deb. So mm -hmm. using the TPM value, um, uh, the user is not going to get uh, a negative and a positive full change value. Mm -hmm. So it will allow you to identify pathways that are enriched, but it will not tell you if which pathways were activated or inhibited. Mm -hmm. So the if you have some sort of... Um, normal data or a control data that you can compare with, that would be ideal um, to, and then upload it into IPA. And then I think the second half of the question was like, you know, it, it was coming from unknown tissue. So uh, if you can easily utilize the analysis match feature and see uh, where uh, the signatures are coming from a specific uh, type of cell types using let's say single cell land or the tissue column just to determine the majority signatures are maybe coming from neuronal tissue type or some sort of uh, uh, gonad or like, you know, kidney related uh, cell types. So that you can utilize analysis match to identify those uh, uh, signatures. Right. So exactly. So just as you said, Sumana, like first thing would be somehow convert it into full change or lock to ratio, right? Either by comparing it to control or you know, if you can generate a mean for those values, then even comparing it to the mean, you know, generate full change in p-value, do core analysis in IPA, 
And uh, as you said, analysis match can definitely be useful as you suggested by looking at the tissue column. And then another place they can uh, gain further insight is diseases and functions, because that will also have information about uh, which gene signature is matching which cell type and et cetera. To our attendees, many thanks for these questions. Please continue submitting your questions in Q&A box. And if you feel that some of the questions were not answered as you were expecting, let us know as well. We'll be taking even more questions live towards the end of the presentation. But uh, as always, we also have another scientist who will help answer these questions uh, throughout this presentation. And one more thing I'm going to do is I'm going to paste a SurveyMonkey link. So if you want to have some open-ended feedback for us, then you can always let us know through that SurveyMonkey link. So with that, I'm going to pass it back to you, Sumana. Right. So, um... So, so we were talking about uh, the uh, TLR4 network uh, that we identified uh, using the upstream analysis. So the first question from here you may be asking is, uh, can we determine if this TLR4 network pattern exists in other Alzheimer's related uh, public data sets? And to perform such queries, uh, we have this new feature, which is called the pattern search. So with this feature, you can now look at expression pattern for a list of genes, pathways, or networks across public data sets. And uh, in our case, we want to verify if, the, uh, if our TLR4 network uh, pattern exists in other Alzheimer's disease. So the output for this feature is a volcano plot where each dot here in this volcano plot represents uh, a public data set where similar, so these are all public data sets where there was similar pattern was seen. And these are all public data sets where opposite pattern was seen when it came to this TLR4 network. And you can easily view the list of all these public data sets in a form of a table. And from here, you can easily identify if this regulatory network pattern is observed in a specific disease condition or not. So in this example, uh, you can see that Alzheimer's disease was one of the top hits uh, for disease states uh, for uh, some of the top 200 uh, public data sets that were selected. You can easily access uh, the pattern search feature by opening up any of the pathways or networks that you are interested in, and then clicking on the pattern search button uh, right over here. When we click on this button, uh, this is going to open up this uh, volcano plot, where on the x-axis, we have z-scores. On the y-axis, we have p-value. So if you go from uh, zero to right, you can see these are all public data sets that are matching with uh, our pattern uh, based on positive z-scores. If you go from zero to left, you can see the opposite matches for our TLR4 network pattern based on the negative z-scores. The y-axis, uh, we have basically the significance. So as we go higher, the more significant uh, these public analyses uh, are. Now, to, vi to visualize uh, which are uh, these some of these matching public uh, data sets, uh, 
with for this TLR4 network, you can simply select the dots uh, within the volcano plot. And this is going to give you the list of uh, the public uh, data sets that have either a positive uh, or a, a positive match uh, pattern between this uh, TLR4 network between our data and this public data. So here um, we can see that we have the names, detailed information for all these public analyses. We have the name of the analysis in the first column, which project it is coming from, if it is a human mouse oncology data. We have the p-value. We also have the overlap. You can see that in this column, you can see how many genes are overlapping uh, within our network. So we, we started with 48 genes. So you can see some of these studies have a very high overlap. The z-score is telling you how well these overlaps are. So the higher the z-score, the better uh, the overlap is. And these are listing the genes that were overlapping. You can click on the hyperlink and it tells you what, what genes were overlapping within the network. This column is going to give you the name of the diseases. So here we can see we have Alzheimer's disease, uh, here, uh, so here there's like Alzheimer's disease. And if you click on it, you can see the detailed information about this particular public study. They utilize a mouse model uh, using cerebral cortex. Uh, they were using this 5X FAD uh, uh, mouse model versus wild type. And if you scroll down, you are going to find uh, what samples were utilized. Uh, how the analysis was performed and linked to the paper and the geo page as well. So each row is going to give you metadata information for that particular public study. Uh, and you can simply select some of these studies. For example, you can, let's say you want to select some of these studies here. And you want to compare how uh, these patterns look like uh, between your network and network coming from these studies. You can select it and click on this heat map button. And this is going to tell you uh, which genes from our network or our list is matching with any of these public data sets. And if you scroll down, so the red colored boxes tell you uh, all these genes were uh, up regulated, they were they had a positive full change values. If you scroll down, you'll find the genes which had a negative full change values uh, with uh, a decreased expression. So, so this is a gene expression heat map that you can easily generate comparing your list uh, with any of the public uh, data. So with the raise of hands, uh, how many of you would find this useful uh, for generating your own uh, expression mat, uh, pattern uh, uh, evaluation. So you can use this not only for a network, just like I showed you for TLR4 network, you can also take a list of genes that you might have that you're working in the lab, uh, 20 genes, 50 genes, and then you can see if those same genes, uh, if they behave in a similar fashion or in opposite fashion. Uh, using the pattern search, um, you can, uh, 
easily identify new drug targets. Uh, you can repurpose a drug. Uh, you can identify new disease indications that can be utilized for um, uh, targeting your drug. Uh, you can validate your model just like we did here uh, using our regulatory network. Now, from here, um, the next question uh, you might be asking yourself is, uh, how is our TLR4 gene expressed in brain tissue or in Alzheimer's disease patients? So you can easily evaluate your target gene or your biomarkers by querying it in different public repositories uh, using uh, our land explorer feature within IPA. So the Land Explorer is an extension of IPA, which makes it easy for researchers like you to explore disease-relevant data. And it serves as a central location to a vast amount of omic data. And you can visualize this data in many uh, different ways. So for example, if you have a target gene that you're working with, you can look for them across uh, different disease conditions. Uh, different drug treatments, different time points, uh, different clinical uh, variables, etc. And using this, you can then generate uh, these bar charts, box plots, uh, uh, correlation plots. So this will uh, help you better understand your target genes, your biomarkers. So in this slide, uh, you can see how TLR4 uh, is expressed across the brain tissue. Uh, coming from healthy human uh, tissue samples. So here on the x-axis, we have gene expression for TLR4. On the y-axis, we have different tissue types of coming from brain. Uh, in here in the middle, we have the gene expression for TLR4 in different mouse models for Alzheimer's disease. And you can see that TLR4 is uh, highly expressed in bone marrow and uh, in whole brain tissue. Similarly, you can look at the gene expression for TLR4 in human Alzheimer's disease patient uh, samples. And you can see that in patients, uh, uh, TLR4 was highly expressed in forebrain compared to, uh, let's say, uh, skin here. So, uh, so let's see how we can access this information using the Land Explorer. So to look for uh, gene expression across uh, different tissue types, different uh, patient samples, uh, we can start with uh, the search bar over here on top. And under genes and chemicals, you can type in your favorite gene. So I'm going to type in TLR4. And we can click search. And once we do this, uh, you'll notice uh, TLR4 uh, is right over here, the one that we are interested in. And here we are going to simply click on the hyperlink for TLR4, uh, which is uh, highlighted in yellow color. Once we click on it, it's going to open up this uh, web page for us where you can see we have uh, TLR4 gene. This is our gene view page where we can see a lot of information about the gene. But we are going to focus uh, in this particular section, which says Omics Soft Land Explorer. So if you are interested in looking at uh, 
expression of your gene in normal tissue, you can select for some of these options. If you are working with uh, oncology related uh, data, you can select for some of these options. So we have consortia data, we have pre-processed projects coming from oncology studies and cell line data as well. If you are uh, uh, working in some non-oncology therapeutic areas like neurodegeneration, inf um, infectious disease, or uh, some other type of uh, non-oncology related therapeutic area, you can click on these options here. So for today's example, I'm going to click on human disease, and we are going to look at how uh, TLR4 is expressed in Alzheimer's disease uh, patients. If you want to look at some mouse model information, you can click on mouse disease or uh, rat disease for rat-related uh, models. So once we click on the hyperlink, this is going to open up the Land Explorer page for us. And once it uh, loads, um, what we are going to see is this plot right in the middle which is going to give you gene expression for our TLR4 gene across different disease categories. And on the x-axis, uh, we have the gene expression. So in terms of disease category, we can see we have kidney disease, metabolic diseases, uh, urinary system, allergy, et cetera. A lot of different categories are listed here. And each circle, over here represents an uh, individual patient sample from which the expression was derived. Now, this plot is interactive. So if you want to look at uh, the expression of this gene, let's say in some of these samples here, you can simply draw an inv invisible box selecting some of these dots. And this is going to generate a table for you down below. And this is going to give you the detailed information where each samples were coming from. So this is your sample IDs. Uh, this is giving you information about the patient, for, uh, what type of disease conditions were involved, tissue information, and the expression itself. And you can easily export uh, this as an Excel sheet just by clicking on this uh, export option. Now from here, um, we are interested in looking at TLR4 expression for Alzheimer's disease. So to filter this down to Alzheimer's disease, we are going to utilize these options uh, under the sample tab on the left-hand side. So under disease state, we are going to find Alzheimer's disease by simply clicking on these three dots over here. So this is going to give you the list of all the disease states that are available uh, within our uh, human disease land. I'm going to click this again. There we go. So here you can see we have lots and lots of options for different types of diseases. We have bacterial infection, uh, colon, uh, like, you know, related diseases, coronary heart diseases, different types of diabetes, et cetera. So lots of uh, diseases are available. And you can just simply type Alzheimer's 
And here I can select the first option, uh, click OK. And this is going to uh, dynamically update this uh, particular chart that we have here by simply clicking on this apply button after filtering it. So all we did was we went to IPS gene view page, we clicked on human disease. This opened up the land explorer for us. And since we are interested in Alzheimer's, we went under disease state, we searched for Alzheimer's, we applied that filter, and now we have an updated uh, plot where on the y-axis, we still have disease category. We can change this y-axis to display, let's say, different tissue type for Alzheimer's by going under grouping. And you can select tissue. And this is going to change our y-axis into different brain tissue types. Remember, we filtered for Alzheimer's. So every tissue uh, that was utilized uh, related to Alzheimer's is listed here on the y-axis. So we have forebrain, we have hippocampus, uh, some researchers even utilize skin. So you can see how TLR4 is uh, differentially expressed in different tissue types, highest expression in forebrain, lowest expression in skin. And if you're interested in looking at uh, your target gene expression and other type of collections, you can simply go to the select land option and you can then switch from human disease to let's say mouse disease, or if you go up, you can find GTEx information to look at normal tissue expression just by switching the land and just performing this process all over again. So uh, with the raise of hands, uh, you'll see uh, at the bottom of your Zoom screen, how many of you will find this feature useful uh, for your research? I see some hands are being raised. So you can not only look at expression information um, uh, across different tissue types, you can also look at expression across different types of uh, metadata. So you can look at um, some clinical trial data. You can search for some sort of uh, age, ethnicity, gender information. A lot of clinical variables uh, avail are available, which you can browse through, and you can just have it added as part of your filter. So a lot of metadata is available here, and if you are looking at um, some sort of uh, transcript expression or mutation information, you can also look up that information under this view option. So you can look at fusion, mutation, transcript expression, et cetera. So there are a lot of features that we haven't covered today uh, since we didn't have enough time, um, but uh, there are lots of different ways you can utilize IPA. Uh, for your research, uh, you can easily use uh, the existing features that I showed you to evaluate and validate your organoids or 3D culture models or mouse models. 
And you can also perform target uh, discovery, biomarker discovery using IP's knowledge base and using the Land Explorer. So uh, with that, uh, I'll be happy to take any questions, Dev. Thank you, Sumana. And what we'll do is again, I'll paste a link in the chat box in case you know people want to leave any open-ended response about this training in terms of what you might have liked or what you would like us to cover in future trainings. And also based on the questions that were being asked, I'm repasting links to upcoming trainings, right? So if someone is interested in like learning how to upload data in IPA, you know, how to set like full change cutoff, p-value cutoff. So these things will be covered in trainings like beginner trainings. And if you want to dive deeper, then we have the intermediate training with new features. So I'm repasting the links in the chat box. As we were speaking, a question came up. Can you show how to construct a new pathway with diseases and functions gene list? Right. So, um, so the way I'm understanding the question is like the user has a list of genes and they want to construct a brand new pathway. Is that what All it right. is? I, I think that's exactly what it is. Person might be looking at their diseases and functions uh, in core analysis, right? And they might be interested in specific function. So they might have a list of genes related to that function and they want to generate a pathway based on that. So if you go to uh, diseases and functions tab and um, I'm just going to go deeper into the hierarchy so that I pick a smaller list. Um, all right. So maybe one of these genes, uh, one of this list over here. So activation of dendritic cells function, and there are uh, 26 uh, genes that are uh, associated with this function. So you can, to, uh, to open up uh, this information as a network, you can click on the row so that it's highlighted in blue color. And then you can click on display as network. And this is going to open up a network for you where you can see how um, some of these genes are uh, influencing downstream function like activation of dendritic cells. All right. And I mean, one small thing we can point out here as well is under overlay, we also have a canonical pathway overlay, right? So if you're looking for pathways that are already inclusive of the genes, then these would be the pathways on the left-hand side. So you might find one of those pathways useful as well. And to the person who asked this question, I would request that, you know, what type of use case would you be interested in applying such information? If you know that, then maybe I can request our team to introduce new features that can help you even further. Um, so you went through two things, right? Like, so earlier on, you were going through ingenuity pathway analysis, like you know, pathways and network features and such, right? And that's where you very nicely described that our curation team is very diligent and they curate articles on weekly basis, right? But then you moved into things like analysis match, where we take advantage of public data coming from GEO, SRA, TCGA, GTEx, and so many other sources. What about those? I, I believe you touched on that, but in case, you know, our users are curious, like how often is that information updated? So all these projects uh, that we see uh, that while using analysis match or pattern search feature, or even the land explorer, all of these uh, data sets from GOSRATCG are updated on quarterly basis. So if 
if you are looking for a type of uh, public project um, that is not available or it, there isn't enough information, you can always reach out to our support team and uh, send us a list of publications related to, let's say, RNA-seq uh, data or microarray data, and they will get curated. They'll be added to our queue, and uh, they will be uh, added uh, in our repository within a quarter. Right. Um, so as of right now, I'm not seeing any more questions. If you guys have more questions, please paste them in the Q&A box. If you guys feel that one of your previous question was not properly answered, same thing, just let us know. And as always, what we'll do is we'll wait for about one more minute in case anyone has any more questions, comments, etc. cetera. Uh, if not, many thanks to Sumana for this training. Many thanks to all of you for attending this uh, training. And in addition to that, thanks to Araceli Nicole and Jamuna as well for sticking around and answering different scientific as well as licensing related questions. So again, we'll stick around for another 30 seconds just to make sure nobody has any more questions. And if not, uh, thanks again. <laughs>